Hey, Matt Buff from The Buff Show. I love being in the middle of nowhere with the family. Problem is, I can't get any service out here. I wish there was a better solution. Maybe like a satellite phone or something. Let me head back to the office and check this out. All right, let's check this out. Satellitephonestore.com. Oh, look at this. Very cool. Do I need a satellite phone? Well, it says satellite phones provide voice, SMS, and data services anywhere on the earth. And you don't have to rely on cell phone networks. Very cool. Satellite phones work everywhere when you're outside. All right, what's this? Why do I need a satellite terminal? With one of these devices, you can stay in communication without a dedicated satellite phone. Better yet, you can text, call, and depending on the device, use all your favorite smartphone apps too. Hey, what's this bivy stick? The new Bivy Stick is the smallest and simplest to use radium global satellite communications and tracking device in the world. Wow, the smallest and most simple satellite communication device weighs just 100 grams. About half the weight of your cell phone. Look at this, one to three days delivery. Very cool. Call 941-841-0844. I will do that. 941-841-0844. Visit SatellitePhoneStore.com for special offers. Or you can visit SAT1234.com and mention The Buff Show. 941-841-0844. You control the guy or the woman who runs the run, run brings out the carts on, 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 on a forklift. It's time for the Buff Show. One hundred year. Look, here's the lives. It's just. It's. I mean, you think about it. And no idea what you said, Joe, but we understand the Buff Show. Deeply held by uh, by President. Stop moving that that that, that uh, you know. Call. That's a teleprompter, Joe. We'll take it from here. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. And here's your host, Matt Buff. Welcome to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you with us on this very special Thursday. We had some breaking news come down today. The Supreme Court decides on New York gun rights case. We're going to dive into that here in a second. Check us out on thebuffshow.com, AM 950, 94.9 FM, answer Orlando. Also on Roku TV, on the Patriot Podcast Network. And all our past interviews are on the buffshow.com website where you can also sign up for big time deals at mypillow.com using your promo code BUFF. That's right. We just got a partnership with MyPillow, so we're very excited about that. The slippers, simply amazing. You got to try the slippers. <laughs> you feel like a new person. And for Christmas, all my kids wanted a MyPillow, but now you can save up to 66% if you use promo code BUFF, MyPillow.com, or MyPillow.com slash BUFF. Go right to the deals right there. So we're very excited about that. Make sure to get all the things that make you comfortable and support a great American company too. I mean, my goodness, Mike Lindell and MyPillow are under attack by every kind of institution that would sell items from MyPillow. They're like, oh, no, no, you you don't like the election talking. You know, I guess neither does 30% of America, all but 30% of Americans don't like 
what's going on with the Biden regime. And I don't even think it's 30% that like him. Nobody's sitting there going, oh man, I love the high gas prices because in 50 years, we're going to get to green energy. That'll be great, which still uses fossil fuels. But in 50 years, that'll be great. And I don't mind all the inflation and the wars and rumors of wars and all the nonsense that's going on with this degenerate in chief. And I, we have a very special interview. This first segment is going to be very short because we have a special extended segment for you today on the buff show we're going to go to mark paleota and he's going to be talking about his new book he did with michael pack created equal the clarence thomas story in his own words phenomenal movie created equal and now the book has just come out i'm going to hold it up right here came out yesterday and you're going to hear some amazing insight to the life of clarence thomas phenomenal and clarence thomas just authored the opinion on the second amendment this is breaking news today supreme court decides on new york gun rights case strikes down strict conceal carry law this will become precedent for the rest of the country and this is a case between gun owners and new york state that just came down and clarence thomas authored the opinion on this in the six to three decision the liberals on the Supreme Court are saying you don't have the right to carry a gun and applicants must have proper cause to lawfully conceal, conceal carry a handgun, openly carry a handgun. That is all entirely banned. And Kathy Hochul, the non-voted on governor, up there in New York was just dismayed. We've got gun violence everywhere. What are we going to do if people are allowed to protect themselves? Oh my goodness. Every situation that you don't hear about on the news where somebody, a good guy with a gun, defeating a bad guy with a gun, saves lives. And families have the right in New York City to protect themselves. And this precedent should trickle down to all the states that are trying to impose these strict regulations. And shame on the Republicans in the House and Senate for supporting the erosion of Second Amendment rights in their bill. We've got to do something, says Cornyn. We've got to do something on guns. Guns isn't the problem. It's the cowardly police officer standing in the hallway for 50 minutes. It's the criminal who has a serious mental health issue and people tell others that, man, this guy might be a problem. We don't need a law to make that happen. Red flag laws are completely unconstitutional. We don't need a law, but if there's a common sense situation where a guy's acting like a maniac and threatening people online and saying he's going to do something awful, would it hurt you to take a peek at his life and say, maybe we need to bring you in for questioning? And if we're going to show up to a scene where there's an active shooter and not do anything about it and just let a rampage take place when you have every resource to take care of the problem and you don't, that needs to be fixed. Hardening schools, no more cow. If you're going to sign up to be a police officer, one of your oath is, is to put your life put somebody else's life ahead of your own life. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to put your life, 
behind the needs of somebody else. I'm not sure in Uvalde, Texas, those cops were wanting to do that. And the police chief lying about it, saying they didn't have the resources when they did. We told you we we weren't going to disparage anybody until we got the facts. Well, we know the facts now. We have the video, and you see those cops standing in the hallway doing nothing for 50 minutes. They, In fact, they never did anything. The Border Patrol came in there and took care of business. Unbelievable. We're going to take a quick break right here on The Buff Show. Mark Paliota is coming up right here to talk about this amazing story, Created Equal, with Clarence Thomas. Unbelievable stuff. Stay with us on The Buff Show. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hour drafts every day of the week and all day Sunday. Dollar off drafts and house wines, $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events tonight. It's Taco Tuesday on Thursdays. Live music and specials all night on tacos, tequila, and margaritas. Friday's live music and happy hour, then brunch with $10 champagne over the weekend. Mention the Buff Show, get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary, liamfitzpatrick's.com. Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. Shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you rolling along with us on this Thursday. And everybody probably remembers this historic moment. This is a circus. It's a national disgrace. It is a high-tech lynching for uppity blacks who in any way deign to think for themselves. And it is a message that unless you kowtow to an old order, you will be lynched, destroyed, caricatured, by a committee of the U.S. U.S. Senate rather than hung from a tree. He was looking right at one Joe Biden right there. The movie is amazing. You guys got to check it out. Created Equal, Clarence Thomas in his own words. But now the book just hit yesterday. Got it right here, which is hours and hours of more footage they couldn't put in the movie it's in this book right here we're going to go to one of the authors mark paoletta mark great to have you on the buff show matt matt thanks for having me on oh it's so good to have you now you served in the white house as an assistant counsel to president george hw bush also worked under the trump administration and played a key role in clarence thomas's nomination i want to get that set up for everybody but mark what was it like working on this exciting project 
on the on the book on the, the book or the confirmation the book well the confirmation first that, yeah. that yeah that's a good point <laughs> well i'll go for the book first so your listeners are tuning in so the book is as you said matt it's a follow-on to this great movie and when we were making the movie it was just killing me that all these exchanges the the movie uh to make the movie we interviewed michael pack interviewed my co-author co-editor 25 hours interviewed Justice Thomas and six hours of Ginny Thomas. And so if you think about a two hour movie and and again, Justice Thomas speaking directly to the camera in that movie, um, you only have about an hour of Justice Thomas on that film. You know, it's 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 an amazing hour. Right. But you have the clips and other things from the movie like you just showed that. Um, and so everything else that was getting cut in a way. Uh, I think our first draft was like nine hours. I thought that was good. But as we made it a two hour movie for PBS, uh, we lost a lot of great stuff. And I thought. What better way to get this out to the American people than to have it in a book? And so the book is different from a movie, right? You, it's much more accessible. You can have it on your desk. You can have it on your shelf. You can have it on your, you know, uh, your couch uh, and pick up and read and, and sort of read different parts of it um, about what Justice Thomas is talking about, both on his childhood to calling out the left and their tactics and their, you know, their, 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 their policies that have destroyed communities. Uh, and then it's time on the Supreme Court. So it was great fun to do. It was a labor of love. I worked on the Thomas confirmation back in 91 as a lawyer in the White House. I've been close friends with Justice Thomas since then. I even met him before then. But um, again, a labor of love to get this out to the American people. And I hope your listeners buy the book. I want to start back at the beginning. This guy's is a page turner. Like I said, it came out yesterday and get it where, everywhere where books are sold. And I'm just fascinated with the section on his grandfather. What a man. His childhood was quite amazing, and his grandfather had some remarkable quotes. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the great things about the book is to get uh, some of these quotes from his grandfather in there because, you know, we couldn't get, get them all in. One of them is, uh, old man Kent is dead. I helped bury him. And that quote is actually on a bust in the, in the last photo, the last two photos in the, in the book. Uh, is one of the is the bust of his grandfather, which sits high atop his chambers of the Supreme Court. Ginny, his wife, had it commissioned and made uh, back when Clarence first joined the court. And it says on the bottom of it, old man can't is dead. I helped bury him. So his grandfather, you know, life changing event when he was born into when Clarence was born into poverty in the, you know, in pinpoint Georgia in, in during segregation in the South in 1948. In fact, today, Today is Clarence Thomas's birthday, June 23rd. He shares it with a daughter of mine. Uh, but but he was wandering around the streets. His mom had, he was a young mother, had three kids. The father had left, uh, you know, illiterate, a maid, uh, you know, working, uh, you know, long hours and couldn't raise her kids. Justice Thomas, Clarence Thomas at the time when he was in second grade, was wandering around the streets of Savannah. And his mom went to the father who lived in Savannah and said, can you help raise my my sons. Uh, it was my younger brother and parents. So they went to live just uh, with, with Myers Andrews and the grandfather and the grandmother, uh, Christina. And that changed Clarence Thomas's life. And the minute the boy sat down, Clarence and his brother Myers, uh, the grandfather said, boy, the damn vacation is over. And uh, it's going to be rules and regulations from that point on. And that's what it was. Just amazing. What a story. And he really dives into that. And just one of the smartest men um, on the planet when you talk about his, how he came from begging for food, basically. I mean, just looking for food as a kid. And now he is going to be part of a historic decision to return yeah. Roe v. Wade to the States. Another historic moment for Clarence Thomas. 
Absolutely. You know, the Dobbs opinion, which is obviously leaked uh, and authenticated, but leaked by the left, in my opinion, to help try and, you know, pressure justice, destroy the Supreme Court as an institution. Uh, hopefully it holds and will be issued maybe tomorrow, maybe next week. But Justice Thomas has been writing on overturning Roe v. Wade since 1992. He got on the court in 1991. Casey came along in 92. Everyone thought uh, it was going to be overturned. Unfortunately, I think some justices went weak uh, and changed their votes at the last minute. But Justice Thomas was in dissent on that. And he's written repeatedly on the barbarity of, 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 of abortion and the procedure. And he describes it in graphic detail in some of his opinions and the unconstitutionality of it. And so as the senior justice in that majority, he had every right, it's his right, to assign the opinion to either himself or to another justice. And Justice Thomas, as you see from that Dobbs opinion, assigned it to Justice Salito. And I think that tells you everything you need to know about the humility of Justice Thomas, that on this seminal case, he'd give it to his friend Sam Alito to write the opinion. That is just amazing. A lot of people don't know that. Fantastic. Chapter 10 in the book talks about the allegation is everything. That clip we played, um, when you yeah. when you watch that video, you'll see the disdain in Joe Biden's eyes when he's looking at Clarence Thomas. He he was the lead senator trying to disparage and destroy this man. And Clarence Thomas had enough. And according to the book, this was a pit of uh, not just a pivotal moment in his life, but it changed everything. It changed everything. Clarence Thomas called out the Senate for what they were doing, which was a high-tech lynching. No question about it. If you remember, Joe Biden was the chairman of that, that committee. He was also the chairman of the committee when they destroyed Robert Bork. And so when you think about Joe Biden's contribution, if you will, to Supreme Court confirmations, he destroyed it, right? He did Bork, which was unprecedented at the time. And then he did Thomas, which even kind of amped it up even more, right? Uh, with trying to destroy a person personally uh, with these allegations, false allegations, that he knew if you put it out in public would take on a life of its own. And they were counting. The interesting thing is they were counting on the fact that if we smeared this guy in public, he'd either withdraw or somehow the American people would believe the allegation, right? The allegations, everything. But what was amazing is that the American people watched those hearings um, and, you know, they were riveting, right, from a Friday to a Sunday. And at the end of those hearings, and they watched Anita Hill testify, they watched Clarence, testi uh, Clarence Thomas testify, they had a number of other people testify. Uh, no one who worked with Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill believed Anita Hill, which is, you know, when you have these sorts of allegations, if they're true, usually there's other people. There was not a single other person who believed, in fact, most of the, and they're most, mostly women, basically said Anita Hill was lying. At the end of those hearings, it was 58 to 24, the American people believed Clarence Thomas overwhelmingly, right? So that means that they believed that Anita Hill was lying. Now, the interesting thing about Joe Biden, he never believed Anita Hill. And he told senators and other people at the time that he didn't believe her. So I think it's particularly despicable that he went forward with those hearings uh, when he didn't believe her. Uh, now, you know, and uh, when he started running for president, he changed his tune on, as he does on lots of things and says, oh, I always believed Anita Hill. That's a lie. Just an unbelievable set of circumstances. That just shows the character of Joe Biden that people saw on television playing out. The book goes through all kinds of cases, including affirmative action. What was the most surprising thing you found out in this extra footage that made it into the book? What was some of the most surprising stories or 
things that you've just learned from Justice Thomas? You know, I've been a close friend of Justice Thomas since the, the, the confirmation. and Our families go on vacation together and we have Christmas dinner uh, together and Thanksgiving. So I know the justice pretty well. I, I've heard a lot of these stories. I wanted to get them out to the American people. It was fun to learn about him uh, thinking about the song Smiling Faces. Uh, which is a song in the 70s um, uh, and it, how these pe people smile at you, but they want to harm you. And that's the song he was thinking about when uh, he was testifying uh, before the committee. And his uncle's, um, I mean, his grandfather's uh, comparison of sort of the, 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 the liberal racists versus, uh, you know, racists uh, in other places where there's water moccasins uh, and uh, the rattlesnake. And um, so those sorts of stories that Justice Thomas relays as only he can. And there was one particular uh, passage, I think it's on page 137, where Justice Thomas talks about how crazy it is. You know, everyone would agree that it's wrong. And it's, it's a passage that was kind of so long. It was so riveting when I was listening to it. I really wanted to get it in the book. I mean, in the movie, but because of the two hour cut, we just couldn't. But he basically said, everyone agree, would agree that you know, barring me from going into the Savannah Public Library, which they did during seg segregation, is wrong. Everyone would agree that if you told uh, me, you know, certain floors or certain uh, aisles are off uh, limits to blacks, that would be wrong. That, you know, certain books are off limits, that would be wrong. And then he says, why isn't it wrong to tell me that I can't have the thoughts that are in some of those books? It's absurd. And it's those sorts of um, exchanges that, you know, being a friend of the justice and, and talking to him, you know, a lot, just captured like how amazing he is and how he distills these issues into such a powerful way. And so that was the fun for me of making the book um, and, uh, and, 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 and sitting through these interviews. Yeah, very good. This was an interview you were doing with him. This is the fountainhead in the uh, libertarianism. Why don't you get to think thoughts that they say are close to you? Just remarkable situation. And then you talk about the movie with Gary Cooper. I mean, he just always had a great mindset, even when things were going just insane. And he called it absurd, but it didn't deter him from getting things done. Never deterred him. And in fact, you know, this was always since the day he came to Washington, you know, in, uh, in, in well, in, he started working for Senator Danforth in 78. But when he joined the Reagan administration, he was just a marked man and he never bent to all the attacks. And the thing that surprises people when they meet him is how joyful he is and how much laughter he has. So he understands what the left is doing. He understands it's a, in the book. He always says it's not the substance. Don't get caught up in that. It's the tactic. It's what they do. They defame you. They need to destroy you. They need to characterize you to, 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 to make you a monster so that they can destroy you. And that's what they tried to do during the hearings, obviously. There was a great scene. And again, one of these ones where Clarence is talking about how his cousins and friends from Pinpoint, Georgia, and his uncle Jack, who was 91 at the time, Jack Fuller, comes up to Washington. This is on the day that the NAACP, if you can believe that, right? The NAACP opposes Clarence Thomas's uh, nomination to the Supreme Court. And on that day, uh, his family and friends come up to Washington and have a sort of a reception for him. And Justice Thomas talking about that during the interview and how meaningful it was to him. And there's a great photo of the two of them, Jack Fuller and, and Clarence at that event. Um, 
and Clarence has that in his in his bedroom on the bookcase uh, to this day. And, and so those are the the great the stories uh, that that resonate with me. I, I know that obviously the broad outlines of the story. That's what your listeners um, and, and viewers should 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 buy the book for is obviously learning all about Justice Thomas's story, which you think you know it, you don't. Uh, yeah, you know, in in right. terms of the details of it and the and the zigzags. Uh, and how he rejected his grandfather's teachings at a time and became a radical and embraced black nationalism, right? And then comes back to the church um, and and finds Thomas Sowell uh, out in Saint uh, in Jefferson City, Missouri, when he's working for Jack Danforth. Great moments like that. Another one is he when he first meets Thomas Sowell, it's at a, a debate at Washington University, and who is there? He's debating Thomas Sowell is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. Uh, and on another panel that day was uh, Antonin Scalia. And so, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, right there. For our video viewers, you can see the picture of Thomas Sowell and, and Justice Thomas right there together. Older photo. Pretty cool image you got there. And, that. you know, it's, it's really neat. Uh, again, Justice Thomas reveres Thomas Sowell. And he still keeps in touch with him. And he's, uh, we just had a conference in Dallas called the Old Parkland Conference. And if you remember, when Clarence Thomas sort of first comes on the scene, he's at this thing called the Fairmont Conference, which Thomas Sowell um, hosted in San Francisco right before the Reagan administration started. And he invites a young 32-year-old Clarence Thomas to speak at it. Fast forward, Thomas Sowell had wanted to have this sort of a reboot of this conference. And so 40 years later, um, it was held down in uh, Dallas, Texas a couple, couple months ago now. And Justice Thomas was there, he spoke. And, and it was a packed audience and had panels for two days. And Justice Thomas, I was down there, sat in the audience and listened to all the panelists. And then we talked to them afterwards and they'd sit down next to him. And he's a guy just thirsting for sort of knowledge and interaction. And it's just really amazing. I, you know, I'd, I'd look across the room because I was in a different part and he'd be sitting there taking notes on the speakers that were talking. Um, and, uh, and they didn't want to talk to him and he'd, give him a little tour of the, the building. Uh, he's just such an engaging guy, but he loves uh, Thomas Sowell, has all his books, uh, reads them uh, you know, regularly, goes back to them, can cite them chapter and verse, as he does in the book. He, he references several of the Thomas Sowell's books. Um, just amazing. So, yeah. so cool. There's We can go on for hours about yeah. this, but I encourage everybody to check out the book. We're going to post the link on the buffshow.com. Created Equal, Clarence Thomas in his own words, see the movie, right? And then read the book. That's the way to do it, right, Mark? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 we, we had an event last night at Heritage. They showed the trailer for the movie. I, I wanted to watch it again. I've probably seen it 15 times, 20 times. And uh, it's just a great, great movie. It's it's powerful. It's emotionally powerful. What you get with the book is you know, everything in the movie is, is in the book, uh, but it's everything around it and stuff that didn't even get discussed. And, uh, and so you can see Justice Thomas thinking through things and reacting to the questions. And uh, I like to call it Justice Thomas calling out his critics and calling out the left. And he really um, focuses on that uh, repeatedly. He goes back to the hypocrisy and the policies that have destroyed the black community and how the left doesn't care, right? They're all into virtue signaling and patting themselves on the back that they look like they're helping people, but they're not and their policies don't. And that's what I love about him. And that's why he loved uh, Thomas Sowell, because Thomas Sowell is all about the data. You know, let me show me how this is working and don't tell me what you're trying to do or why you think it's great. How does it work? And that's what Justice Thomas is all about, both in his opinions as an originalist, 
but also as he looks at these policies that have been implemented by the left for many, many years and how they've destroyed, uh, in many ways, America. Just amazing. And then it all caps off with this huge decision coming down probably tomorrow. Just uh, just remarkable. And they've already done some other good work, too, with uh, private school. But that's a whole nother thing. I mean, he's just been a brilliant jurist and well, we're so lucky to have him on the Supreme Court. Yeah, I think minutes before we came on, Matt, uh, the Supreme Court just ruled on the, uh, the Second Amendment case and uh, struck down the New York regulation. Uh, and Justice Thomas wrote the opinion. So uh, I haven't oh, read wow. it yet. That's amazing. Yeah. That's breaking news on the Buff Show right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just uh, just was, I think it was released a couple of minutes before the show. Um, and I think it was uh, maybe 6-3. But, but anyways, Justice Thomas wrote the opinion for the majority. Okay, good. We're going to have to check that out. There's so like we could go on for days talking about all this, but that is breaking news with the Second Amendment. So we're going to research that and get somebody from Heritage to break that down for us. That's awesome. Mark Paoletta, thank you so much for joining us on the show to break this down. Thanks, Matt. Really appreciate having me on. Thanks. Everybody check out the book. A fantastic page turner. Very good. We'll be back on The Buff Show. You guys stay with us. Since 2012, Cellulartronics has been providing Central Florida with the best phone repair, electronics repair, and computer repair. They fix all electronics from iPhone, Samsung, Sony, and many more. They also do TV repair and fix your tablets. Right now, you can get a glass back cover for the iPhone 8 to an iPhone X for only $95. iPhone 11 and up back covers are only $120. With one super convenient location, 31 South Charles Richard Beale Boulevard in DeBerry. Or call them at 386-516-6185. Visit at Cellulartronics.com. Cellulartronics. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionpluspressurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. Veritas Tactical. Tactical, a family and law enforcement-owned company where you can get custom-built ARs with purpose-built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Six Hour, Smith & Wesson, and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your Liberty Safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses, and force-on-force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full-time gunsmith on site, Sarah Coding Services, Laser engraving and more mention the buff show and get a 25 dollars discount on courses you'll find veritas tactical at 207 north goldenrod road suite 200 in orlando contact veritas tactical 407-309-3000 407-309-3000 and at veritas tactical.com veritas tactical tactical Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you with us. Hey, check out MyPillow.com. Get those awesome slippers at a higher discount than ever before with promo code BUFF. Amazing deals happening now. And uh, we want to talk about the deals that aren't working out so well, like the Joe Biden gas holiday, gas tax holiday. 
unbelievable and his blurry vision of an economic future unbelievable we're going to go to our special guest veronique de ruji is the george gibbs chair in political economy economy and senior research fellow at the maricatus center at george mason university veronique welcome to the buff show great to have you thank you for having me well, it's going to be an amazing discussion with you because you live in reality, but apparently Joe Biden does not. Even Obama said, you know, a, a, a gas tax holiday is a is a gimmick. It's a joke. <laughs> and uh, Joe Biden says maybe this will work, but we're, we're talking about pennies here. Yes, we're talking about pennies, but that's, that's really not the most important argument against this is that in the current context, first, it's not going to do very much if it does something is going to only fuel inflation and both also uh, not to get too geeky from the beginning but in in the current context where supply is actually kind of not very receptive to price move because the supply restrictions are not entirely a, a price problem i mean they're caused by supply shock elsewhere in the system basically when you cut the tax the gas tax um i mean gas companies are going to pocket probably the the, the difference and, and it's not going to go to consumers. Um, but the, the thing that's actually, I think the bigger picture that's important to understand is like this is part of a campaign from the administration to distract from the fact that they played a very big role in this inflation. I mean, they're not the only one, but they played a very big role and so far, they have absolutely refused to acknowledge that mistakes were made by them. And they're, um, and they're just basically just coming up with the craziest, you know, ideas of who's to blame. Well, first, it's all Putin's price hike. But listen to this clip here. I want to play this for you and get your take on the other side. This is right after Bicycle Gate, where he got up, brushed himself off, and got pretty upset with a reporter asking about recession. Check this out. I, 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 I even more than ever. Not Wait. the majority of them aren't saying that. Come on, don't make things up, okay? Now you sound like a Republican politician. I'm joking. That was a joke. That was a joke. But all kidding aside, no, I don't think it is. I was uh, talking to Larry Summers this morning, and uh, there's nothing inevitable about a recession. You know, we could play you several clips in a row of different people going around the circuits this weekend including saying that exact Larry thing. Summers. Yes, including, including Larry Summers. Yesterday, Larry Summers, or a few days later, put out a paper to say that basically the only way we're going to be able to tame this recession is probably to have unemployment rate, rate rise above 5% for several years. I mean, Larry Summers have been the one beating the drum about inflation. I mean, he hasn't been the only one, but it's noticeable because he's rather on the left, center left for sure, but he's rather on the left. And he's been raising, like beating the drum for over a year and a half. He's also been the one, one of the many, including me, but one of the people saying soft lending don't count on it. He's also been the one saying, you know, there will be a slowdown of the economy. This is kind of the one tool that the Federal Reserve has is to raise interest rates. Raising interest rates means depressing because the, because the idea is to depress demand, right? To depress aggregate demand. And that means a slowdown of the economy. So it's just, it is really kind of baffling. Even Janet Yelling has, has actually kind of admitted that, 
um, that first she was wrong on inflation and, and that, but, but that, you know, it's going to be hard. Yeah, it is going to be hard. That's the real problem with, with when you don't do things properly and when you're not, when you're careless with the stability, price stability, the Fed has been distracted by other goals and it's kind of lost sight because I think a lot of people thought that inflation was a thing of the past and will never see it again. Once it breaks out, it's hard. It's hard. It's just remarkable. And they try to get on the same page by saying recession is not inevitable. Uh, it's just really unbelievable how they keep well, trying Powell, the same thing. Even, over. even Jerome Powell, right? Yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday on the testified. hearings. Yes. And he said, and he, of course, he's kind of he's kind of saying, well, we're going to try to avoid it. Um, but he said it's it's a it's a real possibility to which Senator Warren said, well, you better understand that if if you there's a recession, we'll be blaming you. And I'm just like, this is like, is that all the Democrats are doing? I mean, now the Republicans do that stuff, too. But. It's like, seriously, it's time to kind of like take stock in what's happening and try to actually find solutions. Yeah, this is an emergency at this point, and we have to find solutions because these blame games, even Powell, like you said, was testifying yesterday that said this is not a Putin price hike. He he made it he made it clear that this was happening way before anything in Ukraine. I want everybody to follow Veronique on Twitter at Vero D. Ruji as the Twitter handle. And you tweeted out that comment from Elizabeth Warren, too. Um, but you also tweeted out the opinion about Jerome Powell. This is what happens when the central bank uh, makes a history, historic monetary mistake and allows the highest inflation rate in 40 years. And this is where he took a beating on that hearing. But the, the, the blame... And the castigation, they even go as far as to blame the Trump administration, even though there was a lockdown happening. <laughs> yeah, but so I think kind of, listen, there's actually a lot of blame to go around. And it all started with a total misunderstanding of, um, of what was happening at the beginning of the pandemic. The beginning of the pandemic was mostly a supply shock like a big supply shock. People didn't want to go out. They didn't want to go buy stuff. The economy was closing down, right? It's a, it's a supply shock that's followed by a demand shock. But, and that we know that the idea that then from there you can stimulate the economy makes no sense. And yet that's what they did, right? They did it on a bipartisan basis and they didn't just do it. They just went big in it. So they spent $3 trillion first um, and like, so like there was the CARE Act of two trillion and then there was another nine uh, or uh, close to a trillion dollars. And, and meanwhile, the Federal Reserve was creating money and injecting money into the economy. Now, it could not, it could possibly not have led to inflation. Uh, it was very likely because at the time the economy really wasn't doing great. But the real problem and the whole overheating of the economy really happened, right? But it's built on that first part of the response is that the Biden administration came in and Democrats only basically passed a $2 trillion bill, right? At the time where unemployment had fallen from 14% to 6%, roughly, 
right? Um, what economists call the output gap, which is basically where the economy should be without the pandemic and where it was, was roughly for 2021, $400 billion. And they spent, they were planning on spending like three times more than this. And yeah, with the build back better. Overflows. Of course the economy overflows. And this is what Larry Summers and Jason Furman and people on the left were saying. They were actually looking from a very pro-government spending perspective and saying, hey, there's such a thing of as I mean as overdoing it. And you're overdoing it. Right? But then they wanted to go bigger and do build back better right and they did the also they did the one trillion dollars in infrastructure spending to add to that the economy was already overheating meanwhile the federal reserve was still buying assets meaning effectively printing money 120 billion dollars a year uh, a month until march 2022 so long after we had inflation so there's a lot of blame to go around. Yes, you can argue that without the original Trump Trump stimulus, obviously we would have been in a lower place, but we the economy would not have so have recovered. So it's like that it, it's just it's the blame game needs to end. One thing is sure is we have inflation, the highest inflation we've had in 40 years. Um economy is uh, inflation is not a thing of the past. It, it, uh, inflation is a real thing. Inflation is painful and uh, it's going to be painful. And adding, basically doing gimmicks like the tax, the gas tax holiday, which is going to change nothing for consumers, but could, if it does, raise demand, right? If you, if you basically pump more money into the economy by not taxing people, effectively, that's what it is, right? you may actually add inflation fuel to the fire. This is this crazy. Well, it certainly is. And when you we're going to post this article that you wrote, when will magical economic thinking from Biden and company? And I think of Mayor Pete Buttigieg, last question to you here, we've got about a minute left, but he was just not too long ago talking about wanting to tax people for driving distance. Um, they just float out these crazy ideas, hoping one of them will stick and they just are damaging to the American people. And it's well, not so, magical. It's disastrous. Well, yeah, they just the thing is, like, when you're the government, you have a hammer and everything looks like a nail. And the hammer is like you tax and you spend and you regulate, I guess. And so that's all they're doing. There's no fundamental economic thinking that is driving all this at this point. It's all like random stuff. It's like it's like on one hand, it's it's corporate greed, especially the oil company. But on the other hand, we're going to cut the gas tax. And it just makes no sense. No, it certainly doesn't. And it's just getting America's in deeper trouble here. That's what we're seeing. And they just have no answer. And they talk about these Nobel laureates, but they don't make policy. <laughs> yes. Where? How can people find you and find your articles and get a hold of you? This is well, awesome. So if so. you wanna, I mean, all of my work, no matter where I publish it, is then aggregated at the Mercatus Center website, which is mercatus.org. Mercatus means market in Latin. And uh, as you said, I, uh, I'm on Twitter at Viro de Rugy. 
and um, that's about it. I mean, I I blog occasionally at the at the corner at National Review, and I have a syndicated column at at Creators, and uh, you know. <laughs> well, we need we need realistic voices in this time of uncertainty and confusion. That's why I wanted you to get all that out there, and we'll post these links on thebuffshow.com. Thank you, Veronique. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. More to come on the Matt Buff Show. You guys stay with us. You heard about the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. We have a great new sponsor on the show, Satellite Phone Store, and Jonah is representing them today. Jonah, welcome to The Buff Show. Hey, great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. And man. we're great to have you as a partner on The Buff Show. Absolutely. All uh, right, let's talk about Satellite Phone Store. First of all, the website. Website, uh, you can go to our website. It's uh, www.satellitephonestore.com. Pretty easy, right? Pretty I easy, almost said easy. it for you. Absolutely. Now, you brought some products here that we want to talk about. Uh, first of all, let's talk about this right here. This is the Bibby Stick. So we did used to have a uh, promotion where we were actually giving out free phones. Yeah. Uh, currently, there is a global shortage on a lot of these phones. So we came up with a solution. Uh, as of right now, we pre-ordered for the year 20,000 of these devices for the Bibby Stick. Wow. That could last anywhere from five months, could last up to 12 months, we don't really know. But um, this will pretty much take place, so that way when the grid does go down, people still have a way to two-way communicate with uh, their loved ones and their friends and families. Uh, we are doing a, a promotion right now during this convention. Um, a after June 1st, everything is going up, unfortunately, on some of the uh, service plans. Uh, but right now we are doing a $55 plan, a $69.95 plan. Both plans come with a free Vivi stick, which is usually retailed at $249. Wow. So you're saving that. Um, it'll also come with unlimited texting. It comes with the uh, damage insurance on, on the $55 one. The, the other plan will come with uh, lost or stolen, so we replace it for you. And also a Galileo program. It's almost like a, uh, a Twitter for podcasters. Yeah. So they can give you live updates even when everything's down. No, yeah, that's great. But yeah. what about people watching this after the convention i mean after if, the convention if they hear you reference that can they say hey absolutely we, we, we heard right. you say that will you honor that yeah absolutely so uh, everybody can uh, either go to our website like i said it's www.satellitephonestore.com or uh just because uh, you guys are actually listening to this podcast today uh just type in sat one two three four dot com so that's s-a-t one two three four dot com yeah very good everybody check it out Breaking news with the Supreme Court today, not just for the Second Amendment, but they also 
made a ruling on Miranda rights based on the Constitution. They're no longer required, just suggested. And we have some other stuff to talk about with facial recognition and law enforcement stuff. Let's go to Daniel Garcia, who is here on the Buff Show. He's a former chief of the Phoenix Police Department and assistant uh, chief to the Dallas Police Department. So it's great to have you with all your background and expertise. You're the perfect guy to have on today. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Appreciate that very much. Fan of your show, buddy. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we, we were talking a little bit before the interview about that breaking news that happened today. When it comes to Miranda rights, uh, one argument would be it's against the Fifth Amendment not to let somebody know they can defend themselves. But I think at any step in the process, somebody's going to know that they have the right to defend themselves. <laughs> I agree with you 100 percent. The fact is, is that uh, I don't think... Uh, I don't think there is a lack of um, people that are, are under inter interview, not not uh, expressing themselves. Most of the time we have to get information out. So, in fact, again, it, it's something that's interesting, though. So, yeah, you were talking about the interview process, and that's typically before they're placed under arrest, right? That's true. But the fact is, is that most of the time in law enforcement, when you make a, a felony arrest, most of the time it, it, we always read them their rights before we said anything. But the fact is, is that a lot of times, if you're not gonna interview the individual at all, you're not required per se to read them their rights. But again, felony arrest is always good to do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and it, it's basically, it's one of the court's most culturally famous decisions. Americans know Miranda. Absolutely. They know the warnings. You have the right to remain silent. It, it's like they can recite that along with the Pledge of Allegiance or in, or in <laughs> some cases more than the Pledge of Allegiance. You're absolutely right about that. The, uh, the, the career criminal certainly knows his Miranda rights. And believe me, they invoke in the minute they walk into the office. Yep, that's right. Absolutely. Another thing I wanted to talk to you about uh, law enforcement when, when it comes to facial uh, recognition Um which is very interesting because states as wide as ranging as Virginia and California had previously eliminated facial recognition technology, but have failed with alternative methods. In these places, the crime is through the roof. What are, what are your thoughts on facial recognition technology? Well, I'm supportive of it. I think facial recognition technology is a, a another tool in the toolbox for law enforcement. Uh, what people need to realize is that facial recognition Technology can sometimes clear somebody as the suspect. And, and that's important to remember. I, I know that there is an issue with facial recognition. Uh, one, of the pro, one of the cons against it is that it, people with, with, with dark skin doesn't work as well. But the fact is, well, what if it cleared somebody? What if it, we can definitely determine that this individual is not involved? Uh, I don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. I think that, that the fact is that evidence will rise to support the evidence or not. So what cases have you seen where facial rec uh, recognition technology had maybe freed someone? Have you seen some of those cases in your time? Me, not personally, but I know I follow the industry. And the fact is, is there are cases where, where people are eliminated as, as suspects immediately because of it. Now, those aren't always documented, and that's unfortunate because the fact is it happens all the time. Yes. So with our high-tech equipment, we should be able to fight crime in a more scientific way with stuff like that. Well, and, and you're absolutely right, man, and that's where our company comes in, Quest, and that's K-W-E-S-S-T, -E -S -S Quest.com. Quest is a company that's, that's all about technology. In law enforcement, technology has always been the missing piece 
of of budgets that need to be budgeted every year. City governments, whether it's the city or the state, have always budgeted what we did last year. Let's just give them more cops. And in, in this anti-cop rhetoric, not, we're not even getting that, but technology was always at the very bottom. And it's got to be at the very top. So you guys provide next-generation tactical systems, not just for military, but uh, public safety systems as well. Well, yes. Quest has graduated from the military to providing technology. And I'm, and I'm going to make something clear right now. They're not militarizing the police. They're simply giving the police digital technology for critical incident management. In other words, the officer on the ground, what he sees through his camera, the command post can see now, and the chief of police can see, or vice versa, depending on what we're getting from drones. The fact is, is it real-time digital technology all the way down to the officer on the ground to make real-time decisions. And that's what you have to have in law enforcement today. I saw technology for many years where I'm sitting there watching the military do an operation on the nightly news, and I'm going, why don't we have that technology? Yes. Law enforcement needed to graduate to the technology aspect of policing extremely badly. I remember the left, they were really pushing for body cams, and now they kind of regret it because they can't hold a narrative against a cop anymore that has a body cam. You know what? And that's an interesting, it's a very good point, Matt. The fact is, is everything's on video now. Look, from a law enforcement officer's perspective, it's a tough way to to live your life every day from eight to five or whatever your hours are. And usually it's not eight to five. But the fact is, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a measure to hold officers accountable, and they understand that. But you know what? They've done very well in graduating to that responsibility and and, and being open to to that scrutiny. And it's a tough it's a tough road to follow. I can assure you that. As a police chief, when you look at when you took a look at Uvalde and saw what the police chief did out there and everything, did you have any thoughts on that? I, I know it wasn't part of our interview today, but we're just seeing some really. Because speaking of video, the video proved that the police chief was lying uh, why would he lie well the fact is is that the uh, the incident commander peter redondo the the school police chief uh, absolutely without a doubt totally mishandled that situation he handled it like a barricaded person and in fact it was an active shooter 1999 columbine taught all of law enforcement one thing it doesn't require any supervision to assault counter assault an active shooter the fact is they should have counter-assaulted the active shooter. It should have been done immediately. And the fact is, I believe in my heart that the only reason those officers that were initially in the hallway did not make that assault was because the chief intervened and treated it like a barricaded person, which was an absolute mistake. Do you think there should be some accountability there? Absolutely. You know what? I could argue the fact that, that he, he could be held criminally negligent. I could make that argument. Wow. Uh, certainly from a civil standpoint, but I got to tell you something, Matt. I don't understand this at all. Every police officer, including school police officers, are certified by the state of Texas. Yeah. Why the state of Texas has not decertified Pete Arredondo is beyond me. It certainly falls within their, their category. Steve McCraw, who made that presentation to the Senate yesterday, that's his, within his authority to do that. Why hasn't he just, just uh, decommissioned it? Yeah, I'm not sure why that hasn't happened yet. It's pretty remarkable. Um, and I, that's why I'm so glad to have you on the show to talk about all these different issues that are just hitting at once here. Well, people don't know about the decommission piece of it. It's something that if you're not part of the administrative part of law enforcement, you don't realize that every cop needs to be commissioned. And, and they're commissioned by the state of Texas. 
the Department wow. of Public Safety. Wow. No, that's that's an interesting take that we have not heard because a police officer's part of his oath is to put somebody else's life in front of his. Isn't, isn't that correct? Absolutely, sir. And I, I got to tell you something. My empathy, first and foremost, goes to the victims, of course, and the victim's family. But I got to tell you something, man, and this may sound kind of rough, but I got to tell you, my heart goes out to those four or five officers who I know would have gone in there had they not been restrained by by someone who was the incident commander who absolutely mishandled that situation. I feel bad for those guys. They're going to live with that for the rest of their lives. Oh, yeah, especially since they were in the hallway. Absolutely. They heard what was going on. Every officer, every officer I know, Matt, you know, they're, they're going to do the right thing. They're going to make that entry. For someone to, to negate that entry because they're, they're treated like a barricaded person is just incredibly just ignorant. I'm sorry. I, 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 don't, I, can't, I don't get it. I don't understand that philosophy at all. No, and there's got to be a hearing. There's got to be some re- accountability for that because we've also seen officers put in very dangerous situations. They try to get rid of the no-knock warrants. Um, yes. That lets the bad guy know the cops are coming. Absolutely. Sometimes the element of surprise is a good thing, and it might save a life. Well, and you're absolutely right. But but again, real-time technology is something that for law enforcement, man, we have got to be in that playing field. You know, the fact is, is we can save lives. I'm talking citizens' lives. I'm talking officers' lives. And, and that's who we want to focus on. You know, let, let's face it. You know, when you have an active shooter, your job is to go in there and terminate that shooter. That's a counter assault. That's not just an engagement. It's a counter assault. That's it right. has a mission. You know, uh, I can tell you from that standpoint, the technology aspect that, that our company provides could have certainly been used in this situation. Really? That's amazing. Like what specifically? Well, the fact is that every officer in that hallway would have had live video technology showing exactly what they're seeing all the way back to the command posts. So they could have seen through the viewpoint of those officers in the hallway and make better decisions based on that, knowing knowing that that guy wasn't barricaded. Basically. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing about it, man. When you talk about critical incident management, we all know active shooters. We all know terrorists. But the fact is, is this technology can be used in a major fire. It can be used in, in a tornado. It can be used in a hurricane. It can be used in a special event like in Houston that goes wrong. And all of a sudden, you got a crowd moving forward. If you have drone technology, you can allow the police to see what's going wrong. You can allow the fire department to see what's going around wrong. And you can allow the venue to see what's going wrong. And we all see things from three different perspectives. But the bottom line is public safety, safety of the citizens. And real-time technology allows that. Yes, it does. It just seems like a, a much better option. You talk, are you talking to, um, what do you, where do you have to go for this through legislative, through the state legislation? No, not at all. Go right not to the police. No, not at all. Not at all. Quest is open to meet with any public safety department, whether it's the police or fire, because it works for either one. Again, it's digital live technology that's available that we've integrated to be used to the officer on the ground's camera all the way to drones in the sky, to helicopters in the sky. This is real life technology that, that has been part of the military for, for 10 or 12 years, 20 years maybe, but it's never got to law enforcement. Well, it sounds like something schools could very well use, law enforcement yes. could very well use too. Daniel Garcia, Chief Garcia, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you, man. My pleasure. Good seeing you always.
Absolutely. Uh, that'll do it for this evening's edition of The Buff Show. You guys stay smart out there. We'll see you next week.